All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, And we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right, everybody, welcome back to another high caliber action packed episode here of the Crypto 101 podcast, where I am joined, as always, by my faithful compadre, the notorious PIZ, Mr. Pizza Mind. How are we doing today, buddy? Honestly, man, my faith is shook after this last drop to about 42K in Bitcoin. We're recording this uh, in the middle of May right now. Um, and it's not fair, Bryce. Like, I just want to buy and hold. I was just taught to have diamond hands. And I'm wondering, is this another false truth, uh, an incorrect narratives, some bullshit that we're being fed while these other sophisticated traders get to go make money in both directions? But I can't. Mm. Bryce, I need a hero. Can you get one for me? <laughs> I need a hero. Well, exactly. Dude, honestly, I'm glad you asked because we have with us today a guy who's navigated just about every market you can think of, a guy who is in the pits. And when I say the pits, I mean, this guy was screaming with his head off at people for years and years and years, making markets, trading derivatives. Rob Levy founded the Hero Network. Rob, welcome to the show. Let's dive into some crypto trading. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man, we're excited. I mean, it's not every day we get uh, a pit trader. uh, And I think pit trading has a lot of lessons in it that people, you know, people are are very removed from trading markets right now. It's all digital. You don't get, it's not physical like it used to be, right? And so we want to kind of hear a little bit about your backstory and how that kind of segued into starting a crypto derivatives network. So let's just go back, you know, in college, were you like, you know, the smartest mathematical wizard dude, or were you like, you know, what, what was going on? That's funny. I've always <laughs> been um, a, a math guy from when I was little. And it's funny because I was, I was going over some timetables with, with my daughter and um, was thinking about when I learned time stuff and we used to play games in the classroom where you'd have to um, beat other people at giving the, the answer the quickest. And I was yeah. usually the, the winner there. I was really fast and, and, competitive with with the numbers. So I was a math guy. And to be honest, the first time that I stepped foot on the trading floor, the Chicago Board Options Exchange, when I was uh, after my freshman year of college, I knew that I was going to trade in those trading pits. It was like um, a sport, but not really a sport because the trading floor with the energy and the noise, it felt like you were walking into a real arena 
every day. You take the escalator down or up, depending on which floor you're coming from. It literally felt like you were walking out onto the football field or in the basketball. It was it was crazy. And then and, and, and when I think about that, I mean, just that experience, you are like an NFL athlete, right? You're trading billions, potentially even trillions of dollars of notional volume on behalf of, you know, corporations. You are their gladiator. We were, we, yeah, it's like the sport for nerds, for numbers, nerds, and, and people who are fast and loud and, and could keep a lot of stuff in their mind. And then years later, you know, we would have headsets even. So then you could be talking to somebody who's sitting in an office across the street from the exchange in front of 10 screens, and you're communicating what he's seeing on the screens, what's working in the pit, and you're telling each other, do that. Do, like, it, it was it's crazy. I mean, literally was, um, and there's going to be movies and shows about it because they just announced at least at the board of trade, which is the CME now that they're, they're keeping the pits closed, you know, after COVID, wow. after COVID, they're only, wow. they're only um, keeping the Euro dollar option pit open, everything else, all the agriculture pits, which I personally feel are, are needed and they serve a really great purpose. And, and, you know, one of the most um, crucial markets of earth, you know, the food market, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't mess around with food security. So I don't know. I, I think they should have kept some of those pits open, but this it's, it's a sport to me. And it was the it's greatest. The original e-sport is essentially what it is. Yes. Cause you're on headsets. You've got guys. You're yeah. doing, it is. And it was the best dude. I'm telling you. All right. Yeah. So let's, let's explain it to anyone who doesn't know what options are. Can you break down what is an option trader doing as opposed to actually buying and selling these goods? Yeah, sure. So options and futures are what we call derivatives. And um, they're called derivatives because they're not, when you're buying or selling a corn option or a corn future, you know, you're not buying or selling actual corn. You're buying and selling a contract that moves, it tracks the corn market. And there are expiration dates on these options and futures that trade on the exchange. So you know, at whatever date in time, that option or future is going to settle. And some options and futures will settle to wherever the price of that commodity or stock or index is trading at that very moment. It's a cash settle. So the only thing that changes hands is cash money in your account, but some options and futures um, settle to the actual item like corn or wheat or soybean or gold or oil. And you can actually get delivery of this product. Now we used to joke and think like, oh, they'll come deliver a big truckload and dump it of corn on your lawn. Like, no, that's not what's gonna happen. There's you know, registered storage facilities that take care of all the delivery. Um, so it's not like if you're trading one lots of this stuff, you're going to get corn delivered. But, you know, there's actual physical delivery with a lot of these futures and options as well. So derivatives are, are really the most important instruments or, or contracts that facilitate the true transfer of risk. Because in the end, there's, um, when it comes to a lot of commodities and, and assets, there's a producer of this and a user of it. And it's like corn or oil, the people who are, are growing it, they need to manage their risk of where's the price gonna go at, at harvest time. And then the people who are using it, who are either feeding animals or, or making Coca-Cola or, or whatever, they need to manage their risk of, well, I know I need to buy a certain amount of this stuff, I want to manage the price risk I have of these crazy markets. Yeah, let's let's actually, this is a great part of, of the show to kind of talk about the different sorts of market participants, like the COT, like kind of trade report. Like we have, like you said, like the farmers and like the institutions that are not speculating on prices by any means, they're hedging, right? So they're producing corn, they're selling futures in order to lock the price in so that if there's a locust or a harvest fire or a yeah. tornado, they're not totally wiped out. And then on the other side of that, there's speculators, but but there's many market participants. So can you break those down for us? Sure. Um, so, you know, in, in the ag, in the agricultural market, uh, we would call 
anybody who was really in the business of, of handling like the, the asset, the corn or whatever, they, they were commercials, right? So the commercials are the, the entities that are actually dealing with, they're growing it, they're using it. And similar to Bitcoin miners. Correct. Almost, to yes. bring it back to crypto. Absolutely. Bitcoin miners would be commercials because they're actually mining. They're producing the Bitcoin and then they have to do something with it. They can hold it forever, which is what we're going to do. But um, you can hold it or a lot of them, they need to sell a certain amount of it to pay their bills. They, their electricity bills are, are paid in U.S. dollars or euros or, or want whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So they need to sell something and pay their bills. Their taxes, um, right, are denominated in U.S. dollars and... Correct. Uh, so the the commercials are the people who are they're hedging their risk. It, it's options and futures are all about risk management to them, and it's all done across a term structure, or as a trader would call it, a forward curve with expiration dates that could be a week out, a month out, three months out, a year, two years, five years. I mean, there's there. If you're in the business, you know I'm going to be producing Bitcoin in five years. So if the futures are trading so high out there, maybe I'll hedge some of my risk and, and, and lock some of that crazy price in. So it's all about to the, the commercials managing the time frame of their, their risk, whether they're selling what they're producing or whether they are buying what they need to use. And that's the biggest thing with the derivatives markets really is the tenor or um, the term structure, how things are trading at different points in time along the curve. Hmm. So let me offer an analogy and make sure I understand correctly and all of our listeners do as well. Let's say I have a fantasy football team and I don't know if my defense is going to win against my opponent this week, but perhaps then I could make an options contract or a little side pocket, if you will, that says I'm going to get X number of tackles. Or if I get an interception, it's worth this much points to try and still allow me to win uh, in my head-to-head -head battle. Is that correct? Well, what you're doing there is you're using a different contract that's not the actual contract. You already know you have a, a, a quote-unquote bet on this week. You've got your defense. So you know that if your defense wins, you get a certain amount. But now you're trying to isolate your risk to your different players. And I love that. That's a great strategy. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's say my opponent has Tom Brady and I'm like, well, great. You know, he's going to light us up, but maybe we get one pick and that helps uh, hedge the overall loss into a victory. Yep. Or yet, yeah, you know, that if Brady does light everybody up, you're probably going to lose. So maybe you'll take Brady over 300 yards because it's paying, you know, two to one or something like that. You can actually hedge your risk of Brady, lighting your ass up and you don't necessarily. I got the Bengals defense. I mean, that'd be great. I could draft my defense last and then just get a little options contract that says I'm going to absolutely get annihilated every week and still win overall. Uh, I love hey, hey would, would you guys, would you three be down to, to make a new podcast and it's called the crypto fantasy sports math league? Like, cause there's some serious alpha in that right now. Dude, we, we are, I mean, so some of the options that we've, we've developed these contracts um, are paramutuals and we are absolutely um, using them for, for sports applications like, wow. like that. They're ex extremely, they're very valuable instruments. I mean, oh, extremely valuable instruments. Yeah. So there, I'm with you. There, there's so much to do with, with managing risk. And it's really all about expected value, right? Mm. If you can really track. Let's dive into that. That is such a buzzword that everybody's talking about on Twitter and, you know, in Bloomberg and everything. So expected value, but it's such a key concept for listeners to understand. So I want you to break that down for everyone. Yeah. Expected value is is what um, the, the probability, the likelihood of what your position or, or what it is going to be worth at, you know, in options and futures, we, we look at expiration, but if you're doing it in sports, it's really at the event, right? Like what, if I win, if my defense shuts Brady down, what am I going to win this week? You know, how many, and then you look at that expected value and you have to model what are the probabilities of that happening. And then you can kind of pinpoint places 
where you can try to optimize your expected value. You know you have a lot of exposure somewhere, so maybe you can um, cut down on some of that exposure or, or hedge it by taking the other side on some other um, some other bets or, or positions that will help ease if the unknown event actually happens, right? Mm. Like, I think I'm going to win, I, but there's this chance that I'm not, and I can actually get five to one odds on this other contract here of Brady throwing 400 yards. That's a great hedge for me. If he mm. throws 400 yards, I'm going to lose this game 100%. <laughs> so like, it, it's kind of, you look for what the payout structures are. And then as you get closer to the actual expiration, you can now take bets like at halftime or in the third quarter or in real time, you can keep kind of betting on Brady as your hedge if it if it makes sense to you with your overall risk. So it's crunching a lot of numbers. Models are updating in real time as conditions are changing. And you're, you're constantly, you know, you have this expected payout value that you're you're managing. That's that's a phenomenal, phenomenal explanation. Um, and this is this this next question is something I probably should have asked in the very beginning, but uh, take yourself back to like when you were first learning how to trade. Because again, a lot of people on the show, uh, they, they might just be get, getting their feet wet with, you know, finding out how to get exposed to the crypto markets. So, you know, not giving any explicit financial advice, but just generally, what are some good habits? What are some big no-nos? What are some like, you know, you the rules of thumbs that have kind of been good guideposts for you to now be, you know, a, a super successful crypto killer? Well, I'll tell you, it, it comes back to, to that one word, which is value. And the thing that's really helped me the most in navigating, because let's let's be honest, you know, when you get in here, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the room when it comes to protocols. And, and you know, this is like cutting edge technology. I'm, I, I'm not going to be the expert there. I need to lean on other people's assessment who, who know tech better. But when it comes to markets, relative value is something that is always, always fundamentally important in a market. So I'll give an example of, of, of using relative value to try to um, outperform or at least um, do well in a market. And the example I'll use is, is Solana Network. Now, Hero Network we chose to, um, to build our paramutual protocol and our options protocol on the Solana network, which is a, a layer one blockchain. Um, if you don't know anything about it, I would definitely look it up because it is one of the, the strongest teams and communities working on um, you know, some really, really great blockchain technology. So Solana right now is trading at about a $15 billion market cap. And that is if you take um, all the tokens that are in circulation and you multiply that by the price that the tokens are trading, that gives you a circulating market cap. You can also use the total tokens that would ever be in existence to get like a fully diluted market cap. It gives you like a network value for that token. And Solana, which I, I'm, you know, I'm in it, I'm working on it. So I'm, I'm really, you know, I've got some pretty solid information of how they operate and, and, and what's, what's going on there. It's trading at about a $15 billion valuation. Now, some competitors to Solana, one, for instance, which has been really popular, it's doing great things, and, and it, it's also gained a significant amount of value, is Polkadot. And Polkadot might be trading at a $45 billion market cap. So to me, if I know holding everything equal, which they might not be, let's assume that everything is equal. They both have the same size community and they've got the same amount of devs that are working on the stuff, similar types of stuff. And I see Solana trading at a 13 billion and I see Polkadot at a 45 billion. I'm seeing a big difference in value here. You're buying the discount and selling the premium. I'm always looking to buy the discount, buy what's relatively cheap and, and, it doesn't mean I want to sell Polkadot against it and get into like a long short trade. That has a lot more risk to it. But if I'm going to allocate a certain amount of money to something and I'm going to choose between the two, I would probably allocate heavier to the one that holding everything equal yeah. looks the cheapest.
Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Because they're focused on managing and growing their businesses, they can't always spend the time that they wish they could on recruiting. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. In fact, I mean, here at Crypto 101, we used LinkedIn to hire our newest employee, Ryan. And funny enough, he actually, in turn, worked with the folks at LinkedIn to partner with us here on the podcast as a sponsor. So, so how about that? So you guys can go ahead and get started to post your first job for free and reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. Uh, you could fill out targeted screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills, and motivation you need. Then you could use simple tools to filter and prioritize the top candidates that you want to interview. So LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role, and your first job post is free. Just visit linkedin.com slash crypto. Again, that's linkedin.com slash crypto to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And, and Rob, that's a great point you bring up because I think that's actually one of the biggest catch-22s that, that traders find themselves in. Um, where, where I come from the school of thought of like losers, average losers, right? Like people who say, oh, I just lost 50%, let me double down. It's like, well, that's a losing trade. You should cut your losers quick. You let your winners run. You kind of pyramid those positions and add uh, kind of on weakness to this, the, the, the long-term strength. Would you say that that's kind of a good strategy or what's been like, what's been like the best performing strategy here in the crypto markets, just in your opinion? So I think all in all, if you look at relative value as a guidepost, that's the most important thing that's helped me. Mm. Now you have to understand, especially in, in the crypto market, which is it's fragmented. Information doesn't necessarily flow at the same rate to everybody and to every different part of, of the world even. So the timing on these things it it can be way off, right? Things can like the go news way, can be digested so much slower, is what you're saying. So much slower. Someone who knows that Solana is like faster, better. All they've got, they just hired the smartest devs from here and there. Like people who know that they might take their sweet time to buy as much Solana as they can before like it really gets out there that Solana is the shit. Right. Be right so, back. Logging into my account to buy more Solana right now. <laughs> yeah, but Solana just made a new all-time high today. Like it, it's it's different. Like one another thing is when something's gone on a, a major tear and it's gone green candle after green candle after green candle. I like to to wait and wait for a red candle to buy it. Right? Wait for because some panic. <laughs> they come. Like that's the one thing about crypto. The red candles are fierce and they're nasty and fast and sharp and they go deep and it scares the shit out of you a lot of times. So like, I would rather buy after a red candle or two or three than, you know, really buy something after it's just like gotten a shit ton of money flow. Yeah. My, my, my best indicator is always like when, you know, people are panicking on Twitter and when my mom texts me and questions like, wait, what happened to Bitcoin? Did China ban it? And like, friends are asking me like, bro, how are you doing? I'm like, oh my God, like I'm, you know, take out the mortgage, like buy another Bitcoin, like go for it. Like that's when, you know, when the panic is there, like, yeah. we're, you know, we saw last week, you know, that that's really the time to buy. And um, it, it, it even in the most, the most mm. ferocious bull markets, the pullbacks are scary and, and they happen. And, and every time you think that we, we can't go lower right now, like this thing's just going to keep going up is usually when it happens and it can turn the emotional tide quickly. People are like having the greatest day, greatest week of their lives, everything's rolling. And all of a sudden, like you're talking about eating ramen noodles in, in Miami for the conference and, and <laughs> you know, people are going to cancel trips. It gets so, it, it's so emotional and psychological. It's nutty, but the dips come. They, they, they always come. They sure do. Uh, and that's why we, uh, we always tell people to be patient. If you miss that first impulse, don't worry, it's coming back. Uh, like a boomerang, in fact. Yeah. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. 
That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recorded, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy video lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one with the three-in-one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy video lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy video lock. That's E-U-F-Y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y video lock. Eufy video lock. Get complete control over your front door. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have a question I want to pose to both of you guys, uh, Bryce and you as well, Rob. When looking for relative value, you know, our listeners are probably thinking, so should we, you know, sell Ripple by XLM? You know, do we sell Ethereum by Ethereum Classic? How do we really tell, you know, what do you have any good sources or advice for being able to compare apples to apples? Because we know Ethereum has the largest open source development community in the world. Ethereum Classic does not, mm-hmm. but it also has a, a dev fund by one of the richest men in crypto. So does that equal it out? How do you guys think about these things when crypto is so unique? Yeah, I think the, the most important thing if you're working in the relative value space is making sure you're comparing apples to apples. Um, that That is very, very important because there's times where you, you might go to CoinGecko or Masari or CoinMarketCap and look something up and see like a, a market cap and you look at one thing compared to the next and it might not be apples and apples. You've got to look at um, circulating cap against circulating cap, fully diluted market cap against fully diluted market cap. If there's one token that's trading and, and only 10% of its float is out there and another one has 100% of its float out there. So you know that there's not gonna be a bunch that's gonna come out into new people's hands. That's a big, big difference of, of what can happen in price and what, what can happen um, as, as we go down the road. So apples and apples are, are the biggest thing here. When, it, when you're coming to um, the actual Ethereum Classic versus Ethereum, I like to look at 
the actual transactional volume that's going on on the network, yes. right? You can look at who's behind it and how much money is in the foundation and in their coffers to compare that, but how much activity is going on, right? That that's like the the biggest thing, and how much how the fees it can generate, like the some of that actual network value. Yeah, I I couldn't have even said that better. I, I was going to say look at on chain data, right, in order to to see and, and some great resources there. If you guys listening at home, like glassnode.com, yep. um, you know, glassnode, those guys are just brilliant. You've got the yep. guys over at nansen.ai, really smart. Um, but, but for me, I really like um, CoinGecko in order to see all these sorts of market caps. It's like a super, super simple, basic website that anybody could look at. Um, and, and, you know, one of the like relative kind of valuations that I've been like, trading and thinking about full disclosure is like the relationship between synthetics SNX and mirror protocol, which they're trying to do very similar things. And synthetics is like this, you know, derivatives platform on Ethereum and, um, and mirror protocol is doing the same thing on Terra network. And I just see Terra network and Luna, right? They have such a smaller relative valuation. They've got an amazing team. We just had Do Kwan on the show and he's just like a legend and like, just churning product out after product. So I see synthetics at a 3.7, $3.8 billion market cap in mirror protocol at a $500 million market cap. And I say, well, there's like, you know, a six X or seven X discrepancy that, that you could play a little catch up on. And so I think that's another way is like, you know, to answer your question, Aaron is like, just diving, you know, diving in, doing your research and seeing, just going through the list on CoinGecko and just clicking them, like click Bitcoin, number one, click Ethereum, number two, read all the links that are in there and go to their social media sites and start to do your research. And then you could go, by the time you'll you'll find, you know, you click over page two, you're on, you know, number 165, this crypto, and you're like, holy crap, this this crypto is going to change the world. And chances are it might, chances are it might not, but you're going to start to find all these different things. And then once you click one, you'll say, hey, that sounds like really similar to this other thing. For instance, we put out an alert the other day, um, about um, the the discrepancy between Chainlink and Teller, right? Teller is like you know this this oracle that's like doing some really phenomenal things, um, but it's valued like you know a hundred times, like literally a hundred times smaller than Chainlink. Of course, Chainlink has much more adoption and it's bigger. But even if it if, if it catches up, you know, to to a little bit, it'll you know maybe ten x or twenty x. So that's kind of how I think about it. But uh, appreciate you asking that question. Yeah, that's really brilliant. And I'm glad you said do research because that's such an important thing is not just to jump into a position off a couple of metrics. You need to really understand what these things are doing to know if your green apple is really the same species of fruit as your red apple, because there's never one thing in crypto that is exactly like another. There's always some differences and tweaks and things. I got a message last night asking me if I think the Chia blockchain is legit. And I said, yeah, I think so. And the follow-up question to that is, should I sell my Filecoin? And I said, what? No, why Why in the world would you do that? And he says, well, they're both you know, storage coins. So why would I need two? And I said, well, Chia is actually more like Bitcoin than it is Filecoin. While they both have components of using storage, the way they use storage is entirely different. So... That led to a bunch of other questions. And I just said, whoa, man, slow down. Go do some homework before you dump any kind of money long-term into right. either of these projects because you really need to understand what they're trying to do and achieve. And I'm going to say I'm going to say one more thing just because that's such a great message to all the, the Crypto 101 listeners is like, before you go and swing for the fences, you know, prove to yourself that you could get some solid singles and get some on bases, right? And so before swinging for a home run with 10,000 bucks, you know, start with a hundred bucks and just get your feet wet. And most importantly, get acclimated to the climate uh, because volatility in crypto, I mean, on an annualized basis, uh, Bitcoin has, you know, uh, volatility between, you know, 75% and 100%. Um, Ethereum and Litecoin are between 90 and 120% on an annualized basis. And you have something like MakerDAO, which is still a fundamentally strong asset sound, but on an annualized basis has volatility of 128%. When you look at the S&P 500, it has an 18.1% annualized volatility. So what we're seeing here is like, guys, asymmetric opportunities. A little can go a very long way in the volatility that we were talking about in the beginning with Rob that makes you want to throw up sometimes. 
is just literally a function of the the newness of this space, of the illiquidity of this space, of the the inherent risk in the space that this could go to zero or it could go to a million, like that whole thing. And so don't go like, you know, too deep and, and scare yourself and, and, you know, make sure you have enough money to cover expenses. My God, I can't believe I have to say it. But when we see panic, like we saw in the markets, we just want to reiterate that. But enough about markets in general. Rob, I want to dive into into Hero. It's the reason why we're all here today, and it's what's really important. So let's talk about why you started Hero, what the vision is, and then we'll dive into some specifics. That sounds that sounds great. Well, yeah, Hero, which you know spelled spelled a little differently for people. It's H X R O. Um, we replaced the E with the X because uh, you know when when we first started, Hero kind of had a, a more alternative or, or X Games feel. In, in when it came to our contracts. The first contract that, that my partner, Dan Gunsberg and I, we, we came up with, we named Moon Wrecked. And it was really, uh, it was really cause we were, we were deep into crypto and, and you know, Moon obviously is, is, is where you wanna go. It's when the price is pumping, when the price goes higher and getting wrecked is somewhere that we, all of us have been at one time or another and believe me, you'll be there again at some point or another because no one gets everything right. But that's when the price uh, really goes goes down right in your face, and you're a bag holder. So Moon Wrecked was was basically a simple um, paramutual contract. We were sitting around in the office um, trading crypto and looking at some of these new derivatives exchanges that were popping up. You know, obviously Bitmex was was the Biggie with their perpetual futures contract, perpetual swap, which I think was a brilliant contract where they have this embedded funding rate. You should win a Nobel financial laureate prize for that it, thing. It, it really is great. And, and the thing that always um, bummed us out is we're from, we're from the US, we're in the US and we couldn't trade it. Um, but it didn't mean that it wasn't a, an amazing type of contract. And, and these perpetual Futures or swaps have really exploded. They do tens of billions of dollars of volume a day in Bitcoin um, alone right now. Like they are some of the, that, it's kind of the place for price discovery for Bitcoin, to be honest with you, um, more than spot even. But um, so we were looking at all these different, these different platforms and, you know, coming from um, as a pro market maker, we, we know what it's like to compete with the high frequency traders and the one thing about the contract we designed was it was paramutual. So it was pool-based, kind of like horse racing, where when you pick an outcome and you take a position there, um, the, the outcome that wins takes the whole pool. And depending on how what kind of weighting you are in that pool, the, you get a pro rata share of the entire pool. So Moon Rect basically asked people, Will the next hourly candle for Bitcoin be green or red? You know, the chart is such an integral part of trading for everybody. And we all look at it and we run analyses on it and on these standardized timeframes. So Moonrect was really a way to predict whether each candle was going to be higher or lower, green or red, or moon or wrecked. So these contracts are perpetual in nature. When one ends, the next one begins. So you're literally entering a pool for every one minute candle, every five minute candle, every 15 minute candle, hour candle, daily candle, and they all play against one another. And it's really turned into kind of um, you know a, a new way to trade the market. And you're not trading against like high frequency. It's not about speed, but it's about your win rate. And it's about what side is the favorite each time and watching the trend. So. We, we put up out a, a prototype of Moon Wrecked in January, New Year's Day of 2019. It was like the heart of the bear market. Bitcoin was like 3,800 bucks. I mean, people had lost hope. It wasn't even moving around a lot at the time. And we put this out and, um, you know, the 35 kind of crypto traders and crypto, crypto Twitter people we, we invited in, they loved it. I, I mean, remember Crypto Messiah was just all over this. He was all over. And it was a, it was a little kind of beta where we, we, it was a sandbox. We put tokens in there and let people just, just trade with them. And it was crazy. I mean, people were in there for hour, 12-hour sessions. And it brought about this kind of the same um, sweat, the same emotional um, f- 
feeling as trading like expiration in the trading pit when you know there was so much risk you brought back all, that just energy yes and the time the clock so on expiration day that's when all the contracts expire so there's a tremendous amount of risk that changes hands right at expiration and what moon wrecked was with the clock there every five minute candle you're seeing the clock countdown it really brought back that feeling so you know you're going to find out if you were correct or incorrect on the previous candle and then you have to take a position on the next candle right there as you're leading into the end as the clock's counting down it was a, a real real roller coaster and people loved it so from there that was like um you know the the most gamified contract and then the, the following year we uh, put out these contracts called ticks wicks contracts and these are Very familiar. <laughs> a different type of of option um the wicks contract is, is a play on words with the wicks on the chart and you know when a chart's making those big wicks that means the price is either going down or up and then it's reversing dramatically and going the other way and it leaves this big wick on the chart with a higher low so basically a wicks contract lets you take a position on whether the price will touch a certain level before a certain time and that's called like a, a one touch option and then the ticks contracts are will bitcoin close above 60,000 before may 30th or on may 30th so it's more um you know a standard option where you're, you're saying will it close above or below that level and um the ticks wicks contracts they're available on bitcoin on ethereum on solana on doge um it's it's they're really great ways to both hedge your risk manage risk and also to, to speculate where you have um very clear risk reward um you know limited loss and you you know exactly what your payout is is going to be and unfortunately it's not available to to us um residents but um if you're outside the us it, it, they're really great instruments that's awesome and so if somebody wants to get involved do they transact with bitcoin do they transact with their bank account you know somebody who's you know over you know in europe or asia and they want to kind of check this out because because as i'm aware it's not currently available to, to folks in the u.s is that correct correct yeah, okay, no correct. US. So folks you, you you can use a number of tokens you can use bitcoin you can use ethereum you can use the hero token mm. um hxro you can use usdc you can use usdt and you can send it to the wallet it's all in in cold storage and you can use those to trade these these contracts the tix wix contracts are actually in in a partnership with ftx so mm -hmm. if you have an ftx account you can link your account through api key and you wouldn't even need to fund a new wallet you can do it directly from your ftx wallet which wow. is great so that's, yeah, that's so no cool idea wonderful for ftx.com users non-us it, it's really makes it easy and it, it's it's great everywhere i go i hear ftx is adding more and more value um if you have not checked out ftx.us if you're in the united states uh definitely do so yep um, That's, it's the best exchange i would say if you're going to open an exchange in the us ftx.us that's the place to be the liquidity um the, the service i i love it yeah, the functionality. It, yeah. It's so, just, yeah, it's great. So Rob, what does the HXRO token do in the ecosystem? Well, so currently, um, and, and we're, we're transitioning right now, Hero Network is, is being built. So we are um, building these contracts, both the paramutual contracts and options contracts on chain. So wow. we're building it on Solana, on the Solana network, and it is very very exciting really and really the hero token will be like the governance token exactly I imagine. hero tokens a governance token there's going to be staking and um those who stake the hero token are going to share in the network fees that are generated through um these contracts that are traded so that's phenomenal it's, um yeah it, it's great and hero token is yeah going to be the the governance token and it gets you fee discounts and all all the, the other benefits of, of being a hero token holder and, and staker, um, you know, rebates yeah. and, and a lot of 
lot of other stuff. It'll be the linchpin of the system, holding holding everything together, the glue. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so Rob, while we still have you on the show, um, is there anything else that we hadn't asked you about Hero that you really wanted to highlight um, before we get into some closing questions? Um, yeah, you know, so we just made a purchase of, of something called Hero Bot, which is um, a really fascinating platform that two early beta users built, two French guys, and they were the first automated traders on Hero. And they started automating these strategies that would take into account different indicators. And if the moving average was above here, then I'm gonna go moon. And if it's below here, I'm gonna go wrecked. And, and working in all these different indicators and they built a back testing model to test these strategies. And the HeroBot users are hands down um, much more successful at moon wrecked than someone who's just kind of manually using it without um, you know looking at, at some of these tools. So we're, um, you know, we're incorporating HeroBot into the platform right now. And I, I encourage people to, to check that out. We're going to have a lot more, um, a lot more features coming out on that, but it introduces this, this light automation, right? A little bit of, of, you know, quantitative analysis where even for, for beginners, and there's people who use HeroBot that don't trade, but it's more of kind of like a Billy Bean Moneyball thing right? Like you're finding <laughs> out a different way. I'm going to bat 550. I can come up with a 55% win rate uh, strategy. And the way that it works with, um, you know, even with hero token holders and, and rebates, you can develop positive expected value strategies that lets you build liquidity within the platform, within the system. It's great for the network. And it also, um, it makes sense for mm -hmm. token holders and, and for traders who can learn the system and, and learn you know, some light automation. It's, we're really excited about it. And it, we're going to be, you're going to be hearing a lot more about it in the coming weeks. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, one thing that I've just always applauded, you know, you guys, you know, in the background for is just been the fact that the platform is so user-friendly and it's so approachable. Like it's not this pretentious, you know, options, you know, people in their ivory tower. It's like, flashing lights and it looks like it could be an esports tournament and like it's it's gamified and it, it's truly like you said it's like you're building these products for the people right yep. for people who like you know never could code their own trading bot could never you know break down their own options book it's like you guys yep. do that for them and, and it's a really awesome platform so it's, they, it's trading you simplified you know we try trading to simplify simplified. some things and um i think that's the best way to approach things and i'll tell you what you know, people who think they might never be able to automate trade, like don't say never because I've seen it happen where people, they, they look at it, they learn it and something just clicks differently and th they can do it. So it's, um, I mean, using, using these kind of, we call decision support tools, but using these tools that have gotten better and better over the years and continue to get better, it's very important because the one thing you can expect is that the other market participants, your competition out there, they're all doing it. You've got to always mm. assume that people are, are, are studying all night. They're, they're out working you. So you need to, you really need to, to work and, and do everything you can to, to compete with the market. It's, it's tough out there. I mean, it's hard out there for a crypto grinder, ain't it? It is. It, it's, uh, oh God, crazy. Well, Rob, uh, one last question before you, before we yeah. let you go. Um, and get back to, you know, creating the, the future of finance and all that jazz. Uh, we just want to know, you know, again, this is probably, you know, one of the first podcasts that a lot of people are listening to as they're getting into this space. So if this is that person's first time listening to a crypto podcast, what's that one just word of advice, just word of wisdom, word of encouragement, whatever it might be? Sure. Well, here's the thing that I, I hear a lot and I see a lot. And, um, you know, a lot of people are hearing about crypto because their friends or their coworkers or their uncles or cousins are, are telling them stories about, I put $1,000 into Dogecoin and now I have $5,000 and this is like real, you gotta, like, you gotta get into this. But those type of stories are rare and they're pretty much unsustainable. Don't do this as a get rich quick scheme. Mm. You have to go in with a plan. Don't if you've got $5,000 in, in your savings account, 
Don't put $5,000 into XYZ coin because this guy told you about it and this guy and you're, you're seeing a YouTuber talk about it. it you, you cannot, in the long run, you're not going to win by just placing one big bet on something. Diversify. And also, you don't have to put it all in it at the beginning to think like, this is the last time I'm going to buy Bitcoin below 50000 or the last, I mean, it. you can say that about everything, but make sure that you are conservative with how you allocate your resources. You never, you never want to see like a big pullback in the market where you don't have dry powder to, to buy Boom. more at a better price, yeah. right? Dry powder is key. So, um, you know, don't look for the get rich quick. I'm going to five X, I'm going to 10 X by getting into X, Y, Z coin, because I just read about it. No diversify, make a bunch of little bets while you get your, you know, bearings here. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. That's awesome, Rob. Thank you so much for all the uh, wonderful advice and training you've given us today. And thank you for building an amazing platform. Um, Full disclosure, Bryce and I have some hero tokens. Uh, We'll be participating on the app and we're super excited for what you built and what you're building in the future. So um, with that, um, we've had a heroic uh, episode today and it's about time to take that cape off, hang it up and uh, go on and get back to building all three of us. So Rob, thanks again. Uh, Where can the people find you? Where can they check out Hero? Give us the URL. Yeah, check out Hero. You can go to uh, hxro.io. You should definitely, um, you know, look us up on on Twitter at Real Hero. Check out Hero Network. You're going to be reading a lot more about that as we move to um, decentralizing these, these contracts. Uh, really, really excited about that. You can find me on Twitter at um, at Robbie Levy. That's R O B B Y L E V Y. I'm uh, I'm out there talking about the market and and you know try to keep my meme game in decent shape. But, uh, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Hxro.io is the place we're gonna go. I you didn't even it. intend to rhyme that, but <laughs> your your branding is really on point. All right, uh, that's it. <laughs> Good right. stuff, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.